Mama's Christy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Mama's Christy Podcast. The Christy Podcast does take itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here with my brother, Eric, again. Is that a ball? Yeah, bouncing? that was bouncy. All right. Boing. That's what, Boing. It, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow. That, no insult? I just, it's, I'm getting tired of doing the insult, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> it just, it just, all I had to be like, that oh, was a ball? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. That's what you think is a good intro. Okay, cool. Yeah. Welcome to <laughs> this extremely mature, wise podcast. Yep. If you, if you're looking for wisdom in your podcast, mm-hmm. you, you click the right one. You found the right, <laughs> found the right place where we just really know we're, we're so, we're so book smart. Uh-huh. We read actually. How many books do you you think you read a year? How many books do you think you'll read this year? A year? Because for pastors, we are low on our oh, book yes. reading. Yes, for sure. Are. Um, uh, how many have you read so far? This let's see. We this so far this year I've read three. Okay, I have read more than that. So, oh wow! So take that. I have read seven. You've read seven this year? <laughs> yeah, but but uh, three of them were really small. So oh, like, what do you mean? Like really small? Like, like there was, I had three of them that were small. Like, uh, one was, uh, Reggie Joyner's book. And it was like, you can read that in a day. If oh like. yeah. Yeah. He so has, there's, he has there, a lot of those. Yeah. There's a couple of those that were like, just roll through. And I'm so in the really, middle. In reality, you've read like five. Yeah. It's still more than you. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's <laughs> And less, I'm in the I'm middle just... of four. And it, well, so here's how I do it. I, Always have a paperback book I'm mm-hmm. reading. I have a Kindle book I'm reading, mm-hmm. and I have a Audible book I'm listening to reading. So I count that as reading too. See, see I can't, so I can't be in three books at one time. I mean, I'm not very good at doing that either. But so when I get up early, I read my paperback book. When yeah. I'm feeding Noah or I'm pooping, <laughs> instead of playing games, I read my Kindle book on uh-huh. my phone. And when I'm in the car, I can listen to Audible. So with all that, I should read. A, I should have read a lot more than seven. Yeah. That's, that's ridiculously low. I my goal is twenty this year. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He was like, "Oh yeah, I read twenty by like, yeah, by see, April." I was like, "Yeah, I know." I know. You probably when, did. Whenever at, we're at these like pastor meetings and they go through and they talk about all the different books that everybody's read, like the, we we have district pastor meetings and, and our district superintendent will talk about like list a whole bunch of different. Hey, these are really good resources. You guys should check them out. And like everybody in the room has already read all of them except <laughs> for us. I'm like, oh my goodness, like these they just hard to keep up. It, it really and it really and it's is. not. I honestly I like reading, but I don't love reading mm-hmm. like it's at times, work it's 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 work i have to, to be intentional about doing it so if i give myself too much and i have a too big of a goal my goal this year was to read something every day <laughs> like even if yeah. it's like i read a page or i listen to it like yeah 10 minutes it's something to where i can listen to podcasts all day but then i can i'll be in the car listening to audible stuff and then i'll realize past 15 minutes i wasn't listening so i'll rewind it yeah, yeah. And, but so, yeah. You, so you mean to tell me that you made a new year's resolution this year I made. Uh, a- you set a goal. You said my goal this year. <laughs> yeah, it was a goal. Yeah, that's a New Year's resolution. Because <laughs> if for, if you if you haven't li- for, you, for old school for NYMers. old school NYMers, we had an episode years ago about New Year's resolutions, and Eric is not a fan of them. No, even though he doesn't. <laughs> I think they're dumb. <laughs> he, he thinks that they're dumb, even though he just admitted yeah. to everybody that he has a New Year's. I resolution. did one. I had a goal. A New Year's goal. resolution. You said my goal this year. That's a New Year's resolution. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say on that day. I was like, you know, what, this year I want to read more. You books. said my goal this year. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't make it on New Year's Day. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's how a New Year's resolution you has said to start. My on New goal Year's day. this year. Mine started on the fifth. Everybody, listeners, <laughs> is that a New Year's resolution or what? Chill out. It is without a doubt. Chill out. Um, hey, 
Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask your dumb question. Hey, I got a question for you. You can just go ahead. <laughs> you can just ask it. Um, what are some things that you've done in ministry that either worked at one point and no longer works or never really worked? Oh, um, I mean, there's a bunch of things that I feel like I did, I've done at times, but I was definitely, most of you know what, if you don't know what it is, there was a trend that's still going around, but it's mm-hmm. kind of dying off called for attractional churches. Mm-hmm. Um, another word would be seeker-friendly churches. Um, and basically to describe what I mean when I say an attractional church, most of attractional churches, they um, had a unchurched person in mind with everything they did. Mm-hmm. Um, they would only play three songs, more contemporary songs. Um, their sermons would be a lot more topical, maybe even series based on like something that's out in culture at the time. Um, they would, when they would welcome, they would be specific to welcome people that were unchurched. They would do covers. They would um, do things like that that were trying to be extra, extra like cool and to a point where it's like, oh, this is a church. I'm not used to churches playing this music when I walk in, some of that stuff. Um, so is that anything else you can add to attractional yeah. churches? No, I think that that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. And, and I think that there are some things that work with that and some things that, that don't. And there are some things that you just listed that we still currently do yeah. in, in yeah. our ministry setting. Like uh, we, we obviously welcome people who, aren't, who, who, who are new to the church, but not just people who are new. We talk all the time about how we're a place where everybody's welcome. You don't have to, you don't have, to have a dress code. We don't have a dress code. You don't yeah. have to look a certain way, act a certain way. We're just glad that you're here. We do things intentional for people who aren't normal church people. Like yeah. I, in all of my sermons, um, I make sure that I don't just assume that everybody knows yeah. what I'm talking about when it comes to churchy things. Yeah. I break them down. Basically, what I found with, uh, what trash churches do is they everything is through the filter of a unchurched guest. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't fit that filter, then you don't do it. Yeah. Um, and you do things to make sure it's in that filter. And there's, there was nothing wrong with that, but I think where the trend is going now is that um, those attractional churches where everything is trying to be geared to the unchurched people. Now people are realizing, you know what? People want something deeper. And yeah. what's happened, I believe, is the attractional churches for some people became just too surface level, too topical, too self help, and not enough yeah. like deep getting to know Jesus, becoming to look more like Jesus, which just hurt, which hurts and is painful because you are changing and mm-hmm. becoming someone else. Um, so when you're only thinking of it that way, um, that's what would happen. So. Um, I was part of a church that we were for sure an attractional church. I was all for it. We were fans of like, um, let me think of some attractional churches, um, New Spring mm-hmm. at, at the time. I don't know if any of these would be considered that now. I think some of them would. Um, we, we were fans of their model. Um, Andy Stanley obviously talks a lot about this kind of stuff. Um, Judas Smith. Yeah. Um, we didn't we didn't really connect with Judas Smith all that much back then, but uh, Stephen Furtick for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, we, we were... All the guys to- on... Uh, Preachers and sneakers, <laughs> yeah. Except for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we would, we would purposely play cover every week. We would do things, and and um, those are things that I don't really care about doing as much mm-hmm. anymore. So for with the basically how I've transitioned now, I was not the lead pastor there. We were following um, the lead pastor's vision, and, and we were all part of it. Um, but we always did a cover every week, which at first I liked, mm-hmm. and now I hate the idea of doing covers at church. Yeah, uh, I remember going to uh, to to your church a few times to connections when when you were there, 
and um, you guys w- would do covers, and I've been to plenty of other churches that would do covers, and I've I've never been a fan of covers. I always find them awkward. Yeah, that's for sure. When we did it, there was never a time where it wasn't awkward. Yeah, because. We would play at the beginning, and no one knows whether to stand or sit. So they sit. So there. you would open the service with that. Yeah. So they would just sit there and watch it. So or, well, give me an example of a song you would do. Um, we did "Highway to Hell" <laughs> <laughs> on Easter. <laughs> um, the sermon was called "Highway to Hell." Yeah. So um, there was people that got really mad about that. Yeah. One person that came in while we we're practicing it and said, "If you play this tomorrow, then I will never come back to this church ever wow. again." Yeah. Did they? Um, so. The, <laughs> this person was very close with the pastor. Okay. I'm not going to say in what aspect. <laughs> Wasn't his wife, okay? <laughs> but um, um, so he talked to her and she came and um, purposely did not come upstairs so that song was over. Oh, okay. So, um, so that way she could continue to come yeah, in yeah. the future. But she, I mean, she didn't live here. She lived, she just would visit all the time. Yeah. Anyways, um, so we'd play covers. We'd start with that cover and then the, the, here's a couple reasons why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to find covers that everyone knows. Yeah. So if you don't know it, it's like weird. Mm-hmm. And then for a church band who doesn't have much time to practice or not professional musicians, it's hard to do covers it's not well. Very good. Yeah. So f- first you're playing a song and everyone's like, what is this? And they're just kind of sitting there waiting through it. It's just another thing to get through for a lot of people. Right. Um, I liked it better when we did the cover during the countdown. Because then it was like obvious we're just kind of yeah, doing stuff, that or makes sense. or the cover during like a special song kind right. of thing. But now I'm just kind of done with covers because yeah. I don't think a new person coming into a church the first time thinks, "Oh, this church is cool because exactly, they can badly yeah. cover Foo Fighters." I don't think that I don't think they care about. I don't that think the covers benefit whatsoever, um, in in any situation it doesn't do anything for the person who's already coming to church and it doesn't do anything for the person who is new to church i think that in in most cases it's just like oh this is kind of weird and it's almost like i always think of um what that will ferrell skit on saturday night live with um him and i forget the other girl who was in the skit and he was like a teacher and they he was playing the piano and she was singing i know i talk about oh you've definitely seen it and they would always sing like oh yeah relevant like hip-hop songs and he'd be like cussing in it and stuff (laughs) because he's trying to be cool and like relevant for like the elementary school or the or the middle school kids yeah yeah yeah. at their assembly that's that's the vibe that I always and that I don't you know in in your guys' situation I don't think that you guys did it poorly I thought that you guys actually played them pretty well not not but, all the time <laughs> but for the most part and almost any situation where I've been where a church is doing covers I'm just like oh this is so cheesy it's this just hard so for me it's hard for me to sit through and be like man it's just it's just it gives the vibe of to me now of like we think we're a cool church because we're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, how oh, you're not, don't yeah. act, why, why act that way? Yeah. Um, at a time, I think that did work at a time. Mm-hmm. I think there was a time period where that worked. People came in going, Oh wait, like, cause they had their walls up with yeah. church. But one of the reasons why that's not an issue anymore. And we were actually reading over some Kerry Newhoff stuff that he's talked about. I listened mm-hmm. to a podcast with him and some other guys who used to be part of a traditional church and have morphed it out of that. Um, one thing that I think has really changed it for everybody is the internet. Mm-hmm. People are seeing your church and know what you're about before they ever step in. Mm-hmm. They're not stepping in like blind. They're not stepping in going, I don't know what to wear. Cause they know, cause they, they looked online, yeah. they watched your service, they watched your video. So and they walk a side in, note. If you don't have anything online about your service, if you don't have any videos, audio, anything like that, 
then what are you doing? Well, I mean, if you don't, then I don't see how you're going to be a church in five years. You, yeah. gotta, you have to do it soon. You have to. That's the new foyer. Yeah. It's, you have the, the first time you guess, you don't look at, we need to look at like live streaming, internet, mm-hmm. online stuff as that's the first experience they have. Yeah. So they have that experience. So before they walk in, it's not like their first experience is them being greeted at the parking mm-hmm. lot. Their first experience was online yeah. and they were okay enough with it to come and now check it out. Just so like they, anything in the world. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. We're, we're way past that. Right. And on Saturday, uh, my wife, my daughter and I, we, we went to a restaurant that we haven't been to before and I looked it all up online yeah. to see what to expect. Yeah. A restaurant yeah. for dinner. Like So if I'm doing that for going to dinner on a Saturday night... Yeah. then surely somebody's going to do that before they come visit your church. Yeah, so one thing that um, we're trying to, that I'm really, and and Frank, who is our worship pastor, does all the songs. Um, he actually texted me the other day because he listened, I guess he hadn't listened to an episode in a while. Yeah. He listened to Craig, Craig Gross's episode. He's like, man, within 15 minutes, there's three revive songs because <laughs> he wrote them all. And I was like, yeah, you're not getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, we... um. One thing what we that we talk about a lot is we just want to be authentic and vulnerable. That's yeah. all we want to be. We don't. Mm-hmm. We're gonna dress however we want to dress, not because we think we're cool because we're doing it, because that's just who we are. That mm-hmm. just is what it is. We play whatever songs are, and when you walk in, whatever songs. Some are Christian, some mm-hmm. are not. Not because we want to think we're cool. We're just playing songs that we think helps people walk in. Yeah. If it does help, if someone comes in and is like, oh, I kind of know this song, but. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. No one really noticed. First off, no one's there for the beginning anyways. Yeah. They're there about 10 minutes in. We don't do covers. We we talked about it for one series, and we're like, yeah, we just really don't want to yeah. do it. We may one day right. if it really fits, mm-hmm. and it may be more of a joke, mm-hmm. um, but we're not going to think we're cool because we're doing it. Yeah. The only thing worse than covers is when churches cover a song and change the lyrics. <laughs> That's the only thing worse, in my opinion. Because I don't it, mind I mean, if it's good. I don't mind it. If it's like it's a parody, oh, I don't mind parodies. I don't. I don't know. I, what are we, Weird Al? <laughs> Weird Al's not that bad. He has some good parodies. And don't knock Weird Al. No, I mean, what don't I'm, knock Weird Al. I know. I actually, I actually, I actually don't mind. <laughs> Um, some weird. I mean, white and nerdy is a is a yeah. just a it's a classic. Yeah, yeah it's genius. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> but I don't care. I, when a church does it, it is so hard for me to actually like enjoy it. But I think that because it's I so think a lot of times, and I've been a part of it. I, I think a lot of times we don't do it well. If we yeah. do it well, it can be. Because why? Why can't we enjoy parody other places and we can't do it if we don't if we can do it well? If there, we can do it well, I'm all. When's for the last it. time you sat there and listened to Weird Al? Um, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang podcast, and he's uh-huh. owned it a lot. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> that's that's totally different. When's the last time? It was probably you, a year you ago. Sat there, a year ago? Yeah, because he's on the podcast. No, no, I'm not talking. <laughs> no, no, it was on the podcast, and I was like, I want to see some of his newer songs. I went and listened to some. See, I, for me, but there are some parody music videos that come out on Facebook, and I don't, and I watch, and think they're kind of comical. I don't. I don't. I don't find them comical. So I think, you think because it's your personal preference uh-huh. that it's a blanket statement? No one should do it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, not no, right. No, I, I don't actually think that. But uh, for me, I think that parodies are so hard to do them well and to to get it right that it's just not even worth it. Like there are so few parody songs that actually are good. Yeah. That w- chances are your church of 150 people on a Sunday is not going to get it right. That's true. But I, I I'm not a- anti it, but so we we, we tried to be 
extra authentic and vulnerable and just be who we are and not think we're special or cool mm-hmm. or right because of it. Yeah. There are churches right down the street. I've had, I had someone that came and said, I just really like more traditional feel. I said, well, there's this other church right yeah. down the street. You mm-hmm. should check them out. Mm-hmm. Not because we're not wrong. They're not wrong either. Like, yeah, you, yeah it's it. all it's different, different. So go where you want to go yeah. and we're going to do things a certain way and we do things with the guests in mind. We do things with an unchurched person in mind, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to, it's not going to prevent us from doing other things for people that I know need to yeah. grow in their walk that already know Jesus. Yeah. Here's here's what I struggle with when it comes to the the attractional church is I I don't ever want to be in a place where I feel like I'm tricked into something. Mm-hmm. Um I don't and, and that's not just in regards to church, it's anything. Like if you know if, if you ever have a friend who got involved in a pyramid scheme yeah. or something like that. And then they call you up that you haven't talked to them in a long time. And they say, Hey, we'd love to have you over for dinner. We haven't seen you in a while. Why don't you come over, hang out with us for dinner. And then you go over and you're like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. And you bring the family over, you hang out for dinner. And then next thing you know, they're giving you a spiel on this new business opportunity that they had that they want you to get involved in. Like yeah. you had no interest in actually having me over for dinner. You just wanted to sell me. Yeah. And churches can do that a lot of times uh-huh. where they, where we create an environment, right? Where we say, oh, hey, why don't you come? I remember when we were in youth group, and this actually worked at the time when we were teenagers, and we had a fun time doing it, is we would do coffee houses. And I remember inviting friends from school or whatever, and I would say, hey, why don't you come see our band play? Why don't you come to this concert, this coffee house, and just hang out? And not tell them that it was a church, mm-hmm. not tell them that it was a Christian event. And I and it was almost like in my mind I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And the church knew what it was doing. And it was posing itself as a coffee house. And then they would show up and you wouldn't even tell them it was at a church. They yeah. show up and be like, Oh, this is at a church. And then all of a sudden they come in, they realize, oh, this is a Christian coffee house. And then next thing you know, in between bands, there's a preacher. Yeah. Which none of it there's nothing wrong with any of this. Just be honest. It just just be honest about it. And what I discovered was some friends of mine would be like, dude, you just brought me to a church service and like you didn't, they, they felt tricked yeah. into it. And then all of a sudden the credibility is out the window. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this person is not going to hear what the preacher's saying, no matter how good it was, because they felt like I tricked them into getting there or the church wasn't honest about getting them there or, or how they're doing yeah. it. Now on the flip side, I've heard some people say, you know, anytime that I get a chance to talk to people about Jesus, I, I want to do that. And and that's great. Like I, I understand that too. And I think that that's a good thing to be honest about who, who we are. I just don't want to lie about, lie to a person to get them in a situation where now I'm giving them a pyramid scheme, even though we know we're not giving a pyramid scheme, but that's what it's going to come off as to that person. Instead, if you're authentic about who you are, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what you're all about, then that's great. Or... Just give a coffee house. Just mm-hmm. just do a concert. Just do an event. And the focus is about loving on people mm-hmm. first and not sit, sitting them down and making them sit through a sermon that they didn't know that they were going to sit through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we do a spring fling or a fall festival or, or, or a community event where the only thing we do is we say, we want you to come. We want you to eat free food. We want you to play games with the kids. Let the kids get some candy. That's it. And then if you would like to join us for church uh, another day, here's our information. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push on okay. you just a little bit. At your Spring Flings, don't you do a raffle that they only can get if they come back to church the next mm-hmm. day? Yep. But they know they're coming to church. But yeah, but isn't that kind of tricky? You know, like, hey, here's a raffle. By the way, you can't win unless you're here to tomorrow. I know. They but, don't have to come for it. It's totally up to them. kind of a trick. And, and we, don't, we don't sell the raffle. 
yeah. to get them there. We, yeah. They don't even know that there's a raffle. But when they do register, we say, hey, look, here, if, if you would like to join us tomorrow, we are also giving this away tomorrow. And you can come and get this. But it's not like they came there for the raffle and then yeah. they're like, oh, crap, now I have to come back the next day. They don't even know the raffle exists. Yeah. But when they're there, they see that we're giving away a raffle the next day yeah. at church mm-hmm. where they know what it is. Yeah. So it's, it's different. It's not like they showed up and now they're like, crap, now I'm roped into another thing. Yeah. It's like, it's totally up to you. All right. And the raffle is free movie tickets and uh, gift cards to dinner and candy, mm-hmm. and that's about it. They know what it is. I, I mean, I really think if you say... Impact Church is like mm-hmm. Impact Church is spring fling. Like people know it's a church, so like yeah. they they come with their expectations. So you can't be tricking them if you're saying that a church is putting this on. But there were times where it's like come to um, the powerhouse, yeah, coffee house, yeah. and and we would just it would just be an address because there used to be shows all the time in, in churches that weren't like right that weren't anything to do with church. It was just a show that they rented out of little space, right. and and so then all of a sudden you get a sermon where we didn't think you were going to get. Now, there was a trend a while ago that if you were a Christian band, like people would be like, oh, I don't want anything to do with a Christian band. I think that's done too. Like People yeah. just like bands, and they have to be Christian. They're, they're, people are more apathetic to what you believe. Not, I don't know if apathetic is the right word. They, they're okay with you believing it, mm-hmm. and, they're okay with, and they're cool with you having that belief, and, and, they, and they like they when like people are song. passionate mm-hmm. about stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they care about it, but they like that you have it. So, they're not, so they'll go see a band. So I remember taking people to go see bands, mm-hmm. like, this band's actually really good, and then not tell them it's a Christian band's going to do an altar call either. Yeah. <laughs> and I was on there doing an altar call, where it's, I do, I'm all for being honest and upfront yeah. and not trying to pretend to be somebody you're not, not trying to hide what we're really, our intentions really are. Yeah. Um, if we have an agenda, then then let people know about it. Because mm-hmm. if they find out you have an agenda, then they everything you did before your credibility is gone. Yeah, because you yeah. can't love somebody with that agenda. Absolutely. If when we were doing launching meetings, for example, when you're talking about the pyramid scheme, uh, we had people over that we wanted to talk to about launching meetings. I didn't say, "Hey, you want to come over?" And then while they're there, like, "Hey, by the way, I'm starting this church. Love for you to start." I would say, "Hey, we're starting this church, and I've been, and I thought about you. Would love to have you over for dinner, and we can talk about what we're doing." Yeah. So if they don't want to do, do it, then they don't come, yeah. and they'd be like, "Or because a couple people would be like, oh, I'm actually really involved in where I'm doing it." So, yeah. and then if I had them over, I wouldn't bring it up because right. I know they already gave me the. Yeah. Note. Then then if they say, "Ah, we're not answering the church," and they could just say, "Oh, we still like to have you over because we value your friendship." Yeah. And I think that's how we should do church. We yeah. should do church not just for us, not with just ourselves in mind and, and think just church-wise. We should mm-hmm. be thinking about the guests that are coming and how we make their experience better. But we also just need to be who we are, mm-hmm. be authentic, be vulnerable, and just be honest with them. Yeah. Um, here's the danger of the attractional church. If somebody comes and we're always focused on the, the new person who is unchurched, a new person who doesn't know anything about church, and we want to make them comfortable. Then when a person like that does come and then they get plugged in, then they don't even know how to follow Jesus because we're so focused on the first step that that they get lost in, in everything and there's no real discipleship. There's no real growth. Mm-hmm. There's only that first step and then it's like, okay, well, what do I do next? The fr- if the front door... We need to have the front door wide open, but we need to close the back door. Yeah. Tractual churches, I think would have the front door open and the back door just as wide open. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that would come, and we saw this at Connections. They would come. I've seen this at City on a Hill, too. Yeah, they would come because they liked it, and they liked the covers. They liked kind of the feel, like, oh, that's cool. It's different. And then they met Jesus. They started growing. They're like, I'm not growing at all now. It's all baby food. Yeah. I need to like get some meat. I need to something that can sustain me. And they would leave and go to a more traditional church mm-hmm. 
even though they loved what we did, they'd go to a more traditional church because they were getting more out of it. Yeah. Which is a hard thing to balance, for mm-hmm. sure. Of course, yeah. But because of the internet, because of online, because the foyer is online now, um, those people kind of get filtered out. Um, where you don't have to worry about trying to trick them or here's a cover and now we're cool. Yeah. They already know what you're about. And yeah. if they're there, they're at least willing to get some more out of it. And it's all about relationships anyways. Relationships yeah. what bring people in. I We had a couple and then we can, then we'll take a break. Um, we had a couple that eventually found our church that um, they found us through um, some of the events we were doing. And they were looking for a church for a while and they went to one church they were really excited about um, because they went and they looked online, they mm-hmm. looked cool. They were launching, then and when they went, it was a very attractional church, covers all that stuff. So much so that they were um, throwing frisbees out with uh-huh. gift cards. Oh, it's like a, it's like a youth camp. Yeah, it was like they're like they're trying and. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So, like, when the service started, yeah, like, who would run out? The pastor would be like, "Yeah, I don't like, know, I don't know." Frisbees went, out or what? People were throwing frisbees out to the crowd while uh-huh. they're playing this cover song with gift cards on the bottom. And were people celebrating lunch? Up? Some people were. Mm-hmm. The person that comes to my church now was not. <laughs> <laughs> um, they went once, and um, she, what she told me is that she was like ready to bounce and yeah. leave as fast as she could. And then there were people by that door uh, greeting, and she felt like she couldn't even leave because they were right by the door um what she could mean? leave but there was a door and all the greeters were standing right by the one door out uh-huh. and so she wanted to leave but she didn't feel like she could huh. because she couldn't get out the door <laughs> she's <laughs> like, like if i leave they're just gonna see me it's like they're blocking the they, door like they like lock the door behind her. yeah it's like that's what she it's almost she's like i know she they didn't but it felt like they did yeah so that church was trying to be so attractional that they literally missed out on on people that came like what is this i just want <laughs> church and i and i visited that church and and most of it was good but then they tried to do a whole like like jimmy fallon type feel where they were like uh, um trying to be really f- cool and energetic and like do funny things and yeah. it, it just i was watching like this is so dumb and everyone i was with was like that was dumb yeah. like that part it just felt weird right because right. it wasn't funny yeah um i felt like it was wasting my time like yeah. i you have an hour. Why? I don't need any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pushing me to any anything. It was just uncomfortable five minutes of an opener of them talking about random things. Did it have to do with the sermon? Uh, it was. I think it was close to Halloween, so it was showing like really like ugly or funny Halloween costumes. So it didn't have going, anything to do with the sermon. It just had to do with I the don't time know, of year. I don't know. Just time of year. Yeah. And they're showing. So they're showing all these pictures. And the but the goal was to be funny. Yeah. And it wasn't funny. Uh, and I was just like this. And was, but the goal is to be attractive. Like, man, it's a different type of church. Yeah. That, oh, look, they're crazy here. Then no one cares about that anymore. Yeah. I really don't think. I'm not saying nobody. There are some people that do, and attract church are still doing well, but they're declining. Mm-hmm. Like, all stats say they're declining. Mm-hmm. And so they need to find a way to adjust. And I think the adjustment is to just be honest and vulnerable. And I think that part of the problem is that um, uh, a lot of, I mean, we're, we are examples of this, but um, youth pastors are becoming lead pastors, which is a normal step. Yeah. It's not every, you know, it's not like every youth pastor is like, I'm only doing this to be a lead pastor, but it's a normal step for a youth pastor to become a lead pastor because you're leading your own church with teenagers. And uh, there's when they when that happens, then all of a sudden, a lot of times, church becomes like youth group. And it really shouldn't in a lot of ways. I think yeah. that in some ways it should. I think that there's some things we do in youth ministry that do translate into adult service, mm-hmm. but not all of them. Yeah, And sometimes we... we us youth pastors, and we talked about what a couple weeks ago about how every youth pastor is crazy and we're so cool and all this stuff. And then we become lead pastor. We're like, I'm not going to be the typical lead pastor. I'm going to be the cool lead pastor. I'm yeah. going to be the ex youth pastor lead pastor, and I'm going to throw frisbees out, or I'm going to do late night talk show skits and those sort of things. 
and it just doesn't land. Yeah. Like we're not we're not dealing with just teenagers anymore. We're dealing with adults who want to go deeper, who want to learn, who want to grow, mm-hmm. and um, not that that all can't happen just on Sunday morning, yeah. obviously. But it needs to be more mature. Yeah, for sure. Well, so why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break? And we have a Nacho Mama's question that we want to answer, right? Yep. Um, so let's get to the Nacho Mama's question. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. Boy, I love that jingle. I miss it. I, I miss Topper. Yeah, yeah. Again, we haven't seen him since our fifth, our hundredth episode. Who knows where he is? Yeah, he could be. He could be in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we don't, who know knows? Where, we don't know where he is. Well, hey, we got a Nacho Mama's question from uh, from a friend of ours, a guy who comes to City on a Hill, actually, um, Sean Leak, and Sean has given us a, a question about something that's happening in DC this weekend. It says there's a march happening in DC on the 25th of May called Freedom March. I'm not sure how to feel about it. Their goal is basically to set people free from LGBTQ lifestyles by pointing them to Christ. I have mixed feelings because I do want the church to reach out to the LGBTQ community, but I don't necessarily think it is the job of Christ followers to set people free from being gay, bisexual, transgender, etc. And they have a bunch of testimonies from people who claim to have been set free from gay lifestyles, and a lot and a lot of their testimonies involve sexual abuse, drug abuse, and I think it paints a bad picture for how the church feels about the LGBTQ community because not all the community is mixed up with drugs and all that sort of stuff. Anyways, I would like to hear from you and Eric and your two cents about this. I like your discussions on t- difficult topics like this. Thanks. Thanks for sending the question. Sean. Thanks, Sean. That's a tough question, too. <laughs> yeah. Way to go easy on us. Yeah. Um, so we've talked about this topic mm-hmm. of the homosexuality of good amount. We've done episodes on it. We mm-hmm. had a friend of mine named Martin, who is a Christian and is gay. We did two episodes on him. Mm-hmm. Easily our most played episode ever. Yeah. Um, we also did an episode on the Nashville Statement. Remember that? Yeah. Um, that, that was good, too. Yeah. And we talked about kind of some of our stance. So we both do believe that it is a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just even saying that, a blanket statement like that, does not give the depth of what we Correct. know is there. And I do think there are people that have done the research, done the exegetical work, and have come out saying, I don't think it's a sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not on that side. I kind of want to be, but I'm not. Yeah. I can't get there yet. Um, I just don't see it personally and through Scripture, and I, I have to go with what I believe the Bible is saying. There's plenty of people that are listening that are 100% disagreeing with us on this. Mm-hmm. I get it. I, okay. I completely get it. But um, regardless of um, of where we stand on this, and, and I think that most people know this, but I guess not everybody at our churches and at most churches we believe that the homosexual community should be welcome yeah into into our doors um and uh and given opportunities as well and i'm not saying that if if we believe that somebody's living a lifestyle that is not lined up with the bible that they should be given um every leadership opportunity but we want people to be involved we want people to be feel like they are part of our family and uh and we want to love everybody who, for, who walks our door. For sure, the church has um, made that like one thing, and then someone who's divorced, correct, or 
overweight mm-hmm. or someone who's living with somebody else, they get to do more things. Exactly. And, so and it's you can't do that. Yeah. If, um, but anyway, so but this particular thing is basically about conversion therapy. And it's, I guess that's I, what I think that's what this I March is about. And I that's what know. Sean is talking about. I know, but I don't know much. I don't want to say what I think it is because I don't really know much about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I, we do know people that are that are for it. And I don't know if conversion therapy is the best way to say it. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't right. know. Probably. I don't know what it is. We we don't. What 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 would but, you? But his his question therapy? though is: Should basically should the Christian community get involved? And he says, I do believe that, that the Christian community should do a better job of reaching out to the LGBTQ community. Uh-huh. But what he's saying is, I don't know if it's necessarily our job to change people. That's, that's really the yeah. crux of the issue here. And so that, that does get into conversion. Uh-huh. Um, and, and the church has done a horrible job with this throughout history of like sending kids away to conversion camps. Yeah. And and that has that has been a disaster because there have been kids who go away to these Christian conversion camps and they've been told certain things and then it can it can eventually even lead to suicide. It can eventually lead to self harm because they think that they're not good enough because they think that they're that they will never be loved by God because they have these feelings and these these things going on in their life that they're trying to wrestle with and justify. And then you have a camp counselor saying that this is of the devil and that this is so that throughout history. That's been a pretty terrible thing that the church has done. Now, I, 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 I don't know too many other things that are happening. Like you said, I don't know a lot about this march, but I want to believe that we're doing a better job with that than, than what we've done in the past. Yeah, because if we think it is a sin, yeah. and if you're listening you think it's a sin, then we also have to think mm-hmm. that you can leave it, yeah. right? You, you can't think that, well, it's a sin, and you're sorry, you're stuck. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that because I think it's a sin that you're not necessarily born that way. I think there are people that they have those natural things, I and I too. think it's it's not nature or nurture. I think it's both. I think it's kind of the way you grew up. I also truly think that there's not like gay or straight. I do think there's people that if it's a like I don't know if this is even the best way to say it, but if it's a scale of zero to a hundred, I think there's some people that they are fully they have same sex attraction like yeah. up to a hundred, and there's some that have those tendencies that are more like forty. Yeah. Because we're all made different. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, we can't just say well gay or straight this is what works. Mm-hmm. But I do believe if I believe it's a sin, I do believe people need to f- can get out of it. Yes. Um, but I also do believe that some people and we know I know people that say I think it's a sin. Mm-hmm. I can't stop doing this, so I just have to be by myself. I can't yeah. be with anybody. Yeah. So I I don't think that it's like everyone can be like okay now you can go marry a girl or you can go marry mm-hmm. you can go marry the opposite sex mm-hmm. i don't think that everyone can do that yeah, yeah because those are still there and but that that's just such a hard, hard thing to sell isn't it yeah, like so, hey so if you're you're born in a way that you ne- can't necessarily control and mm-hmm. you're out your upbringing your traditions you can't control any of that stuff um, and you can't get around it and you know it's a sin so sorry you got to be by yourself yeah. for the rest of your life yeah. that's hard to tell people yeah. and that's that's why so and, there's there's a there's a book that i read actually um, called Washed and Waiting by Wesley Hill, who is um, uh, he's he's a I don't know if he's a theologian or exact he's he's a professor at a, at a college I forget which one I don't have it in front of me so uh, but anyways the book is about um, his life and what he's dealt with and and he claim and he he is a homosexual but he also believes that it's wrong so he lives a celibate lifestyle and and it's really difficult and it's a it's a it's your heart breaks when you read this book because 
he is wrestling with this so hard and he's tried to live a straight lifestyle and he's tried to be in relationship with women and he just can't do it. It's just not there for him. And he knows that he is attracted to men, but he feels like he, when he reads scripture, he can't justify it. So he doesn't want to go down that road. So he does believe that it's a sin as well. So he isn't in a romantic relationship, which is so hard to wrestle with. I know that seems really hard. It seems really hard, but the Bible doesn't necessarily guarantee that for us. Yeah. That's like, take, take Paul, for example. Paul said, I'm not going to take a wife or I'm not going to be in a relationship because I don't want it to get in the way of, of my relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want it to get in, a rela- in the way of the ministry that I'm doing. So he didn't have a wife and yeah. he didn't enter into a, a marriage. And he, he even said that, uh, you know, that may be better for people. Because you have the freedom to do what God has called you to do. And, and it's not like it says everywhere that, oh, everybody is going to end up married. Everybody's going to find the love of their life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a hard thing to say, but that's, that's where I fall, that I do believe that certain people are attracted to the same sex. And if, and if I believe that it's a sin, which I do, then if they, if they are not able to come out of that, then some people maybe are called to a different sort of a life. But there are still relationships. That's the difference. It doesn't yeah. mean that you have to be alone your whole life. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you, that you have nobody. It's, there are different relationships, and that's what Wash and Waiting is really about. Um, that's so hard, though. I feel weird saying it. I know. I, 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 like, that's why I wrestle with this so much. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've gotten around some of the other things that the Bible says mm-hmm. that it seems pretty clear, but I've gotten around it. Like, yeah. It seems pretty clear slavery in the yeah. Bible, doesn't it? But we found a way around it, uh-huh. didn't we? So at times I'm like, is that is this, this the same category? Mm-hmm. And but that's we're getting a whole like we we've done episodes on yeah. this. So that's some of the things I struggle with when it comes to it. Um, I read a book by Preston Sprinkle, um, uh, "People to Be Loved," and I think that did one a really good job of kind of digging deeper in some of what Scripture talks about and and some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. if you're listening and you hear stuff, this stuff about Freedom March, and mm-hmm. you don't think it's a sin, then what you're hearing is people that are born a certain way are being told they can't be that way now. Mm-hmm. And there's people that think, God made me this way, that, and mm-hmm. I, it's not a sin. It's, mm-hmm. it's a part of our traditions back then that we've gotten wrong, but it's not a sin to be um, in a monogamous relationship where you wait till you're married yeah. to be with someone of the same sex. There's not a sin. And if there's people that are listening that believe that, right? If you hear this, what are you thinking? You're thinking like... Thinking we're jerks. Yeah, you're trying to change who people are. Yeah. But um, these people do think that it's a sin, and, and I'm with them. Mm-hmm. So I also know people who were once in the, the um, homosexual lifestyle who have, who have come out of that. And I've, I've talked to them, and I've heard their stories, and so I've seen that to be true. Now, like we said, we don't... I don't know if every single case can be that way, but every case is different. Every case every is different. person's different. But I believe that it is possible. So the the hard part we ha- is we have to we have to. <laughs> but the hard part is where does the church come in? Because when you really like lean on this and push people in a in a certain direction, or and you're trying to encourage them, especially in our world today in the homosexual community, there it can really push people over the edge the opposite way. To suicide, to self harm, to uh, hating the church, 
And we obviously don't want to do that. So there has to be a balance. There's always a balance in everything that Jesus did of grace and truth. And we've talked about this before, of loving somebody, but also giving somebody the truth that that is there. Um, I love my daughter, and I, give, I have to give her grace at times, and I have to give her truth at times. And we have to find that balance of what is helpful and what is not. Yes, uh, I, I'm trying to look up a little more on, on Freedom March. Mm-hmm. If I'm all for places that are are there for you when you're like, I'm struggling with this. I need to figure out what to do. I'm all for that. One thing that Sean pointed out that I don't love, mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard because people's stories, people's stories are people's stories. Yeah. So like if their story is that they were, they were um, molested, that's their story. If their story was they're addicted to drugs, that's their story. Yeah. But I do, I don't like the image that it always points out mm-hmm. of like, it's implying that you're gay because you're molested yeah. or you're gay. There's people that, or, are, or if you, or if you're gay, then you're going to fall into drugs. Yeah. There are people that have same sex attraction because they just have it. Yeah. There's nothing happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a little bit of that. that I don't like, um, a lot of times in, in our culture, we kind of, uh, we think if we have a personal experience, that's a blanket statement. You'll yeah. hear people argue like, well, the stats say this, like, yeah, but that's happened to me. It's like, okay, I get it, and I feel bad for you, and I hate that it happened to you, but does it make it a blanket statement for everybody now mm-hmm. just because you're a victim? So if you're always pushing that, like, I was addicted to drugs, addicted to this, and I was gay, I then they, I'm sure they have people, but I want to hear people that's like, I was just born, felt different. And, yeah. And all of a sudden, I just, I liked boys or I liked girls, and but I knew it, and then this is what happened. I didn't go down a crazy yeah. path. So I don't like when it's pointing the crazy path stuff because then it's implying, without saying it, mm-hmm. it's implying that um, I'm. I, we need support for people mm-hmm. because that is hard, and man, it's a struggle. Um, but if, um, obviously, we're not for conversion therapy. Not that we're saying this is. We don't know enough about it. Yeah. But that would be, I, I don't know if we hit every part of his question. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we did for the most part. But yeah, when Sean sent this to me, I was like, I didn't even know this was happening. I don't know much about this at, at all. So, but just when it comes to the church being involved in the, in the LGBTQ community, it has to be extremely gentle. It has to be with, with a ton of love and a ton of grace and developing relationships with people not come in and saying the way that you're living your life and everything that you feel is a sin and it's wrong. And if you continue down this path, you're going to hell. Yeah. Instead walking in and saying, Hey, tell me your story. I want to, I want to know what, what you've dealt with. I want to, I want to learn about what you have gone through in your life. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at some of their, their vision and, um, of the freedom march. It says a diverse group of former homosexuals and transgenders sharing our testimonies and celebrating our freedom. I mean, I'm I'm all for that, and I'm yeah. all for having that community because people need that community. But um, Freedom March is a diverse group of Christians who have been delivered from LGBTQ lifestyle. Our purpose is to connect, bridge, and equip. We accomplish this mission through connecting fellow overcomers, reaching out to the LGBTQ community in each city, and equipping the local church. So my question is, how are they reaching out? Yeah, I mean, they they're all former. So if they're reaching out by saying, let's have a conversation. I'm all for that. Yeah. Students write to life. I like the way they do it. Um, I'm obviously not for like, you need to change now. Yeah. So I, I get the vibe that that's not how it is, mm-hmm. but it all depends on your stance. I, I get it. If your stance is you don't believe that, that um, 
being gay is a sin, then yeah. obviously you're not going to like this. Right. But right. if you do, you have to believe that they can change. Yeah. Um, so that would be yeah. my answer. But yeah. um, thank and, you, Sean, for sending us your question. We appreciate it. And I would love to hear anyone's, anyone's responses to that. Let us know if mm-hmm. what we got wrong on that and let us know how you disagree or agree. Um, there's a lot of ways you do that. Or send us your Nacho Mama's questions. Um, you can send us a voice message, yeah. Nacho Mama's questions, through Anchor. The link is on our show notes. Uh, so you can do that. That would be great. That means we can play your actual voice mm-hmm. on our podcast. You'll be famous. Yes. Um, you can also um, go to our website, nymchristianpodcast.com. You can go to, uh, you can email us at nymchristianpodcast at gmail.com. You go to mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, send us messages on all those, uh, nymchristianpodcast. The show, all those links are on the show notes. I don't know if there's any other way. Shane, is there any possible way you can think of? Oh, yeah. Easy. All you got to do is go to the woods, scale a tree, climb up into the branches, find a flying squirrel up there, race it across those branches in the woods. How are you going to race it? You got to jump from branch to branch (laughs) to branch to branch as the flying squirrel jumps from branch to branch to branch. Once you beat him, it may take a long time. Yeah. Then you take the squirrel. He'll be, humi- your- he'll be humiliated. Yeah, he'll be obviously. <laughs> take the squirrel. <laughs> take the squirrel. Write your question down. Ball it up. Put it in. Put it in his little cheek. Slap his butt. Send it our way. We'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get Just it. Easy. It. No problem. Just do it. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast. Go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash NYM Christian Podcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.